That we have a responsibility, each one of us here have a responsibility to somehow share the gospel of Jesus Christ, maybe by the way you live, or you might be somewhere where a person is in need, and you can share the love with them, and then you can share, not preaching to them or forcing yourself, but share the love of Christ with them. Someone today is open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today for our continuing focus on following Jesus as fully devoted disciples. Today, Roll will challenge us to dedicate more time and energy to sharing our faith. We'll see that while life's daily demands can deter us from proactively pointing others to Christ, there are ways we can be a witness of the gospel, even from the confines of our commitments. Now, with the lesson, Fulfilling the Great Commission, here's Raul Reese. Matthew chapter 28. How can we fulfill the mission or the great commission Jesus has given to each one of us individually? And I think that's important, especially the days we're living in. There are a lot of people that will be fearful. A lot of people, they will want to know the truth. And I am praying that this will draw people, not just this church, but to every church to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you got to really think about that. Soon the Lord will come. We don't know when. It could be next week or a hundred years or a thousand years from now. But we know that he promised, and he promised, if you read Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, and you go through all the prophecies in the New Testament, he actually promised these would be the things that would take place. So by that, I know that we're living in the last days. And I think that we as a church will continue to pray and to ask God, how can he use my life, your life, to be able to not fear and also to be open? To the Holy Spirit to tell people about Jesus. There's a lot of people seeking out Jesus Christ. And when I looked at Matthew 28, I was thinking of Jesus, his whole course all the way through Matthew, as Matthew is a Jew, writing to the Jews as king of the Jews, Jesus, and declaring, okay, I've been here, I got killed, now I'm resurrected. I want you guys to go to the Galilee. I want to meet you there. Right before I ascend to heaven, I want to talk to you. Right before I leave. And so the purpose of the message that Jesus gave to them is not only communion. The communion that we can have with Jesus Christ. But the importance of sharing the gospel with someone. Someone today is open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because as we look at the closing of Matthew, you will see the four points that are given to us there. That we have a responsibility, each one of us here have a responsibility to somehow share the gospel of Jesus Christ, maybe by the way you live. And by the way you live, somebody might come and ask you, or you might be somewhere where a person is in need, and you can share the love with them, and then you can share, not preaching to them or forcing yourself, but share the love of Christ with them. 
There's always people available. They're out there. They want to know about Jesus Christ. The problem is we don't make ourselves available, flexible. And Jesus speaks about being flexible. He speaks of responsibility that you and I have because the central message is that message of eternal mission that we have until Jesus Christ comes again. Let's look at the verse, verse 16 first. And we're going to see here the first point, obedience to the call. How can I be obedient to the call of God? He begins in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into the Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. So we see them obey what Jesus said. He says, you guys, I've died, I'm resurrected, and I'm going to be here for 40 days, but I want you guys to go to the Galilee, and I want you to wait for me, and I'm going to talk to you there. I've been to the Galilee so many times. It's incredible when you're in Tiberias, and you look across, and it's Capernaum. When I went back in the 70s, there was only one little light. Now there's hundreds of lights. Israel has really built up. But it always reminds me that when Jesus was there, Capernaum was his headquarters. This is where he did his ministry. And as he's talking to the disciples, the disciples have been with him. Remember, at times they didn't believe in him when he walked on the Sea of Galilee and many things that he did. But now he says, look, you guys, I've died. You've seen that. I've rested from the dead. And now I'm getting ready to ascend to heaven. But I want to talk to you before I leave. I want to commission you. But first of all, let's look at obedience to God. In Acts chapter 5, 29, Peter and the disciples and the people following him, they had come to them and said, you guys, you're preaching this gospel that is steering up people. And I want to tell you, if you don't want to get hurt, I want to stop preaching the gospel. You can't talk about Jesus. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Obey God rather than men. Do we believe that? Do we say that? Do we really say that in our hearts? Are we going to do what the scripture says? It could be very possible. I remember when I first got saved, and I used to go to Walham Park High School, Azusa, Glendora, Bassett, all these high schools that I would go because I had my own business, so I could go. And every time I went, you could go in the classroom, share Christ with them. They would call me to classroom to share the truth. And then things began to close. But I remember at that time, the kids at lunchtime, they would come and hear the gospel, and those, they would give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Today, you can't do that. And I thought if we really have obedience and somebody is threatening me, he said we ought to obey God rather than men. Secondly, obedience comes from the heart. Do I really love Jesus? Is my heart right before the Lord? Because in Romans 6, 17, he says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey? He says, whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. To righteousness, being right with God. And I thought when I was reading this, I go, God, Lord, here we are. And we're obeying by being led to righteousness. And thirdly, obedience needs, and get this, testing. Are you ready to be tested? In 2 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, for out of much affliction, affliction. In anguish, 
of the heart, I wrote to you, Paul says, with many tears. I don't know if you've ever shed a lot of tears. Jesus did. Not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. For you, Paul says, I love you. I love you because Christ loved me. And Christ loves everybody. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Look at the second point. The reaction to the call. What is your reaction to the call of God? We see here, and notice what he says. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Two class of people. Ones that doubted, and those that worshipped him. Which category are you in today? Worshipping or doubting? Now, there's nothing wrong with doubting if you really are a seeker and a searcher for the truth. But if you're not, you're going to have a lot of problems. And as I look at the world today, there's so much doubting, and they rather doubt and believe the devil than believe Jesus. And that's why they're so messed up. And they will continue to be messed up until they come to that place of repentance by humbling themselves before God and coming to Him and saying, Lord, I doubt it, and I sin against you. Come into my life and give me your Holy Spirit. Baptize me. And then God can begin to work in your life and do your life. How does he define doubting? Well, in John 4.20, remember that woman that came for water at the well? She already had five husbands. And then the one she was living with was not her husband. And this it says this. Our fathers worship on this mountain. Jesus is talking to her. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And then Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. Notice that. You worship what you really don't know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming. And now is, notice, when the truth of worship will be what? Worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now check this out. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. He's seeking you. He's seeking me. To worship Him. How? God is a spirit. He says, and those who worship must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the word truth here is he has to be real in my life. Real in my life. He is real in my life. I hope he's real in your life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for faith-enriching resources. You can also email Rawl at PastorRawl at SomebodyLovesYou.com for biblical insight and encouragement to spur you on in sharing the gospel. Now let's get back to the final part of our lesson, Fulfilling the Great Commission. Thirdly, authority to the call. To your call, there has to be authority. Jesus, again, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now notice what he says. All authority has been given to me. The authority that Jesus received was from the Father. Think about it. From the Father. 
And when he received that authority, he didn't want to go backwards, but he went forwards. Because it was something that not only Jesus wanted to fulfill in his life, but he wanted people to know that Jesus was not only commanded to do this, but the angels were commanded also to be in that place where they would obey. Disciples, and check this out, verse 18, what he says here. Number one, my protection, my protection is very important. Does God protect me? Well, let's see Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. We love you. We care for you. I hope you love us and care for us. That's why we teach the word of God. That's why we come to you and exhort you. Because there may be some of you that haven't been exhorted and you're at the edge where you want to go back into the world or you want to serve Christ, but you're divided between two opinions. I would pray that when you leave here today, you would look at the world. What has the world offered you? Nothing but destruction. Nothing but destruction. Nothing but hell. Yes, there are things in the world that we can have. But at the same time, there has to be what? There has to be a limit. There has to be wisdom. There has to be discernment in the things that I do. And when you think what he's saying here, protection, how about instruction? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, speaking to shepherds, he says, and to us, he says, shepherd or feed the flock of God which is among you, what we're doing today. Serving as overseers, not by compulsion, or, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over these people that entrusted are entrusted to you, not overbearing them and not leaving them freedom. And when the chief shepherd appears, who's that? Jesus. You will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Wow. They will not fade away the crown for shepherds, he talks about here. How about fourthly, the command to the call, as he commands and calls you. Let's read it. Verse 19. He says, go therefore. Now what I want you to do, not, maybe not here when you go home, circle the word go. The command. Go therefore. And therefore takes you back to what we studied in the past. Therefore, he says, and make disciples of all nations. Notice what he's saying here. Making disciples of all nations. And do what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And now come to Jesus commanding these disciples to make other disciples and to multiply themselves. Can you imagine as they're sitting there when he said, go down and I'll go there and meet me there. And he comes now and now he's commanding them. We see that he's not just talking about Jerusalem, but he's talking about the nations of the world. Here we are in Jerusalem. And then Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the world, God is saying, go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the test of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, Let's look at it. Number one, he has to be tested in his obedience. You have to be tested in that obedience God has given to you. In John 14, 15, he says, 
If you really love me, keep my commandments. Secondly, he says, he has to be tested in his faithfulness. John 15, 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples, bringing forth fruit through the Holy Spirit, which is the basis of love of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, he has to be tested in his perseverance. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Notice that. If you abide, if you stay, if you dwell in my word. Fourthly, he has to be tested in his love. His love for you, his love for me, but most important, his love for Jesus. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples. Here's the key to Christianity. If you have love for one another. I know that's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. But we must pray. We must try. We must repent. And do what the word of God says. And then fifthly. He has to be tested in humility. That's another area. There's so much pride. You talk to a person. And they act humble. But they're so proud. And then I pray Lord humble them. Because in order for us to be used by God and people to really receive from us, we can't be boisterous. We cannot be forcing ourselves upon people and very proudful. Because what people will do is they'll push you away. But when you're humble, they see that humility in my life that comes through love. And then they'll listen. And by listening, they might accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. So humility is important. Matthew 10, 24 says, A disciple is not above his teacher nor his servant above his master. He says, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Balzabab, how much more will they call those of his household? Balzabab was a God that they worship, and the Pharisees had been listening to Jesus, but now they were coming against him, saying things like, you're from the devil. And Jesus goes out and says, you better be careful because you're getting very close to crossing that line of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and no one will ever be able to cross back on the other side. The unpardonable sin. That's pretty heavy what he says there. And so it's important for you and I to understand that there is a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And when the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which I mean it hasn't been a lot of people that I met, but you say, well, how do you know? Well, number one, if they committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be here. You'd be on your own now. There's no more conviction. There's no more love for anyone. You'd be totally lost, angry, mean in every way. But as long as you have conviction in your life, you have the Holy Spirit that is able to convict you, which I'm glad for it in my own life. Fifthly, Responsibility to the call. Verse 20, he says, Teaching them to observe all things that I commanded to you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So be it. Jesus. If you feel responsible, or if you have responsibility to God, and you're obedient, and you're doing everything you can for Jesus Christ, and maybe you're lacking, maybe you've fallen, Jesus will forgive you. He'll cleanse you and wash you. But this is something that the church needs to come today. We cannot lack in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
teaching them to observe all things. That's what I'm doing to you this morning. That I have commanded to you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age, so be it. So as a servant of the Lord, number one, what I need to do is I need to listen to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 4.23, Jesus said, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all sickness, notice, and all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Threefold ministry of Jesus. He did all three. Secondly, necessary for the Lord's servant to teach, you and I. 2 Timothy 2.24. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able to teach, patient, humble, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. We've all been there before, you guys. We've come back to the Lord. Don't allow Satan to take you, but allow Satan to be rebuked by you and by the word of God. Thirdly, the house of neighbor to neighbor, friend to neighbor to share the gospel. Acts twenty twenty. I love this chapter. Paul says, you know how I kept back nothing that was helpful to you. Speaking of the gospel. But proclaim that to you. And I taught you publicly from house to house. Testifying to the Jew also. And also to the Greek. Repentance toward God. And faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says there. Now we might not be able to go from house to house. You have neighbors. You work with people. You can share with them. But make sure that when you're working, don't share with anyone and take up the work time. On your break, or when you go home, or before you come to work, that's cool to do that. But people that go to work, they're coming with all their problems. And they don't know what to do. That's why they're angry. And they fight back. But imagine, they look at your life, and I hope so. They look at your life, and they see you peaceful, which a lot of times we're not. And it's important that when they see you do that and they come to you and say, you know what, I noticed the peace that you have in your life. Guess what? Give them the gospel. The gospel's open to be given to them. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's lesson, Fulfilling the Great Commission, is available in its complete unedited form. If you'd like to get a copy, just send a gift of $5 or more when you call 800-634-9165. With so much uncertainty and suffering filling the world's headlines, it's more important than ever that we as Christians share the good news of Jesus Christ. As you think about the ways you can point others to a heavenly hope, we'd like to come alongside you with Rawls' 12-lesson discipleship series. This study we're currently airing is conveniently available on either CD or a USB drive. Each lesson will fill you with confidence to step out in faith and surrender as Jesus uses you to share His love with others. To order Rawls' discipleship series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you this 12-message study on CD for a gift of $23 or on an MP3 flash drive for $18. 
Once again, the phone number is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener-supported, and we're grateful to the generous partners who help us keep sharing God's Word. Every contribution is tax-deductible. Join us next time as we continue this series with a look at the sacrifice it takes to walk closely in step with the Lord. Our natural tendency is to prioritize our own needs and personal agendas, but Christ calls us to follow Him in selfless faith. Here's Raul now with a closing comment. Finally, he says, obedience not only to the truth, but obedience to the command that's been given to us. In Romans 6, 17, he says, but God be thanked that through you were the slaves, one time the slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that from our doctrine to you who are delivered from the bondage of sin. Now, if your problem is sin this morning, Christ can take it away from you. I love when I look back, and I'm going to mention just their names. Those that are examples to obeying the gospel, but also obeying and taking the gospel to other people. He says, Noah, Abraham, how about David, how about Asa, Elijah, when you read them in the Old Testament. How about Hezekiah and Paul the apostle and Jesus himself? And I didn't mention all the others that are through the Bible. And how about I put your name on there? Examples of obeying whatever your name is, put it in there. And you will see not only Jesus using your life, but you'll enjoy the peace of God and the joy of God. And your children and your family will be able to see that, including your employees, if you're an employer, or an employee looking at his employees. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.